Hi everyone, welcome to Coin Bundle Conversations, where we invite the leading entrepreneurs and investors in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space so that you can learn from their insights and also invest in a responsible way. Today I'm really excited to welcome my friend Chandan Loda, who's the co-founder and CEO of Cointracker, which is uh, one of my absolutely favorite tools in, in the whole cryptocurrency space. Chandan, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Uh, so Chandan, uh, to start with, I'd love to learn about your journey as an entrepreneur. So you were working at Google in one of the coolest jobs available in Google's Moonshots division. So tell me about that. What were you building there? Yeah, so I had the opportunity to be a product manager on Project Loon, uh, which is a project around increasing accessibility of internet access to rural areas of developing countries. And so uh, I had a really great time there, spent about two years there, spending time in Peru and, and other places, all about increasing internet access. That's really awesome. So uh, when did you start getting interested in this blockchain, cryptocurrencies thing? Yeah, I, I guess I had a passing interest for a while. Actually, kind of coincidentally, I worked on a integration between Coinbase and Google, a, sort of a small little feature um, in 2014. So back then I had to create a Coinbase account and get some Bitcoin and transact a bunch of times. So it was on my radar for a while, um, but it wasn't actually until 2017 last year when I started getting way more serious about it. Got it. And uh, so you started getting serious about it. You also have this like really cool job at Google. At which point did you say, hey, I want to leave this job and go full time into this space? Right. So uh, I had spent about four years um, at Google. And so I, I had a great experience there, but I knew I was kind of antsy to try something new and, and do something on my own. And at the same time, the other thing that happened at the coincidental same time was that I met a really awesome co-founder of mine, John, who is also, who is also a Googler um, when we worked together. And so there was a bit of a push, a bit of a pull, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to take the leap and, and try something new. That was around summer last year. That's great. And when you left, did you know exactly what you were going to build or were you experimenting? Yeah, not at all. We had no idea what we were going to do. We had a bunch of, a bunch of ideas, but no good ideas. And yeah. so we, we tried a bunch of different things. We ended up working on some fintech projects. And it was actually, uh, in part, frustration with fintech that kind of led us to get more into cryptocurrency. That's great. So, so tell us about the inception of Cointracker. How did you come up with the idea and what was, uh, what was the first day building it like? Right. So the background is actually, so as I was mentioning, we were working on this fintech project. And what we were doing was building an app that made it easier to move excess savings that you had into a brokerage account and invest that money. The problem was it was hugely frustrating to work on this as a developer, um, even using like best-in-class APIs like Stripe and Plaid, and uh, there's a lot of other ones out there. And so we, we kind of realized there, there wasn't a, you know, people weren't that excited about, about this product that we were working on. And at the same time, as I mentioned, we were hobbyist crypto investors. And so we were making our own investments. The market was blowing up in 2017. And so it was a sort of a meaningful amount of money that we had now invested in cryptocurrency. But we had no idea where it was, how much it was, what the cost basis was, how much we had invested, um, let alone anything related to taxes. So it was a personal pain point of ours. Yeah. And we started out by doing kind of what I've found that many people do in the space, which is creating a spreadsheet, yeah. one transaction at a time, listing them out manually. That was fine for the first five, 10 transactions. But once we got beyond that, it was just totally out of hand. So we had to, again, upgrade our solution. We started using Google Apps scripts. We started sort of importing formulas from here and there. Yeah. Um, and then that got out of hand. It took two minutes to even load the page. Yeah. So that was kind of the point where we were like, okay, maybe we should productionize this into a simple web app. Yeah. 
Now that's great because that's a problem which anyone uh, who's in this space has, which is you're dealing with 15 different exchanges, it's really complicated, you don't even know where your money is half the time. Uh, so then you build Cointracker. Can you explain in very simple ways what exactly it does? Exactly, yeah. So it basically solves, the initial product it solved exactly that pain point. It makes one unified dashboard where you can track all of your different cryptocurrency assets. So whether you're using 15 different exchanges, local wallets, paper wallets, wherever you have your coins, you can see them all in one place. That's great. And it also automatically updates things as you buy and sell coins, right? That's right. So the other sort of key differentiator from other solutions out there was you didn't have to manually enter in each transaction. You connect everything once, and then it automatically synchronizes going forward and retroactively. That's awesome. And uh, how building Coin Tracker, you must have access to seeing how so many famous people invest their cryptocurrencies and, and how much money they have. That must be really interesting to see. No, it's, it's not like that at all. We, we take privacy and security super seriously, and so we um, have very strict policies and access controls on who can see what. Yeah. The only time any specific user's uh, account is looked at is with specific written permission from that user to debug that account. Okay, okay. Because I was thinking, like, because you guys have thousands of people managing their cryptocurrency, the data that you have access to must be unbelievably insightful, uh, both for you as an investor, but also other people? Um, there, there certainly is lots of interesting things there. Like it's very interesting to see aggregate trading volume. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting to see how price changes affect how much people want to trade and yeah. how interested in people are in tracking their, their money. Um, but our primary focus is on making a really useful product for people as opposed to like monetizing the data. We, okay. we, don't, we don't sell the data, for example, okay. to any third parties. Okay, no, that's interesting. What are some of the interesting trends that you've seen? Because you've seen, you launched Cointracker at the height of the crypto craze, and then you saw the, the dive as well. What are some of the interesting trends in, in user behavior that you've seen? One thing that's kind of interesting, um, maybe this is expected, but it's interesting to see how price correlates with how much people want to see their portfolio being tracked. So for example, when the price is going up, people will come check their portfolio three, five, 10 times a day. Yeah. They're just really happy to see the numbers yeah. going up. When things are down, people don't want to see their portfolio at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I, think uh, I can attest to that too. There was a, when the price was going up, Cointracker was this tab that was always open in my browser. And then when it went down, I was like, okay, I don't want to look at it for a week. Right, so we've seen that behavior with some people. Um, Although we also see that there are people who are sort of more interested in long-term holding. And for those people, it, they're sort of a, they might check it fewer times per day. They might not be as addicted to daily refreshing, yeah. but there actually is a stronger weekly use case where they want to see week over week what's happening. Right. That's great. Uh, one of the features I really like in Cointracker is the ability to share your portfolio with your friends. Can you tell people a little bit more about that? Right. So we, we saw that talking to some of our users and friends that people were doing very manual and hacky things again. They were line by line copying in what their portfolio was or people in Telegram groups or Hangouts chats groups would say, hey, what are you investing in? What should I invest in? And so people would be taking screenshots of their spreadsheet and doing other things like that. Um, so we figured you know, we could definitely make this experience way easier. We already have the verified assets that you have. It's already tabulated nicely. There's percentages and coins and links are all there. So we created a way for people to share their portfolio allocation without giving away the specific numbers right. of their portfolio and make it accessible to whomever they wanted to. Right. No, that's, that's really amazing because then you can share your portfolio with your friends and family and they can 
learn from your advice and trade in a sim similar way as well. Exactly. Another nice thing is that if it changes over time, this auto this link automatically updates that over time. So yeah. if you see that, you know, your really smart friend Saad is you're getting into the newest cool coin, you'll know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how do you, uh, do you see any differences between people who are new to this space and how their behavior changes after they've been with Cointracker and, and an investor for a few months? Something that's interesting is that people um, want more information about different coins. So for example, our platform supports over 2,500 coins, which is a huge number of yeah. coins. And as you've probably seen, there are a lot of scams out there. Yeah. So for example, it can be really hard and very daunting to differentiate one ICO from another or one coin that you've never heard of from another, um, especially when a lot of them have very similar white papers or are trying to solve very similar problems. Yeah. And so one thing that we did was we added sort of uh, links to all of the different coins, white papers, crypto communities, Reddit, Telegram, um, like added one-line summaries of what each of the coins did, added more information like that. Yeah. And we found that when people started reading those, they would make more informed decisions. Or even if we look in our, our own Telegram group, yeah. people are asking more informed questions about, you know, what are these coins doing rather than what is the hype or yeah. what is the latest pump, you know, scheme that's going on. Yeah, that's great because one of the things that we worry a lot about the space are people putting their money around without really thinking about where it's going. And so in some ways you're helping people make more responsible decisions. We hope so. We definitely want that to be the case. Yeah, just because there is, yeah, there are, unfortunately are a lot of scams. And so th there are a lot of cool things in the space, but we just want to make sure that those are clearly differentiated as much as possible and yeah. give people the information they need to make those decisions. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so Chandan, tell me a little bit more about taxes. So uh, you have a Coin Tracker tax product, which is really successful. Tell us how you started to build it and how it works. So basically, as I mentioned before, we had built up this platform for tracking, yeah. right? You sync all your transactions, you sync all your wallets, all your cost bases are listed there. So a natural extension for that was building out the taxes. Now, not only can you see what you're holding, but we also calculate your capital gains and income and mining and airdrops, all that kind of information and kind of nicely present it to the end user. So uh, basically it made taxes super simple and it was personalized to your specific portfolio based on the information you had already entered. So just click a button and now your tax report is printed. That's great. And uh, a lot of people don't even realize that they have to pay taxes on their crypto gains. So can you uh, tell us a little bit about when someone is liable for taxes, what type of transactions or at what point in time? Sure. So I'll preface this with the tax rules are definitely completely different from one country to the next and I'm not a tax advisor, yeah. so this is my opinion. Yeah. You should definitely consult your own tax advisor to get uh, a legal or professional opinion. Um, however, basically in the United States, for example, the IRS has issued guidance that cryptocurrency is taxed as a property, and so there are capital gains when you dispose of a cryptocurrency. And examples of a disposition would be selling a coin, trading a coin for fiat currency, for example, or for another cryptocurrency, so oh, okay. a Bitcoin to an Ethereum transaction, a lot of people don't actually realize that those crypto to crypto transactions are in fact taxable events. Another reason why we make that super simple. Right. So, so for example, if I buy $1,000 of Bitcoin when it's at $7,000 and then I sell it when it's $8,000, any gains I make, I have to pay taxes for. Exactly. So in that scenario, you would have had $1,000 of capital gains and yeah. you would own either short or long-term capital gains tax on that amount. And what happens if, uh, if I lose money on a trade? Do I have to pay taxes? Do I get any benefit from that? 
Right. So if you uh, experience a capital loss, so in that example, let's say you bought it at uh, you bought one Bitcoin at eight thousand dollars and then you sold it at seven thousand, yeah. you'd have a one thousand dollar capital loss that you could claim to offset against other capital gains, either in cryptocurrency trading or in other types of asset classes that you might have had capital gains for. Okay, well, that's really important, and I think uh, sometimes people. Uh, forget about the crypto to crypto transactions. I think there's a lot of misconceptions that as long as you don't convert to dollars or rupees or whatever, you don't have to pay taxes. Right. So again, the, the rules are vary from one country to the next. But yeah, for example, in the US, that definitely is the case. In fact, the IRS, the in, uh, Internal Revenue Service here in the United States clarified that in a tax law in 2018, that yes, in fact, these property to property transactions are taxed. Okay, well, that's really important for everyone to, to keep in mind because uh, you don't want to be breaking the law accidentally by not knowing about it. That's right. Great. Um, so Chandan, now uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, you know, you've been an investor in cryptocurrencies yourself. You make it easy for thousands of people to, to get started in this space. What advice do you have for first-time investors who are just getting interested in this space and want to break in? I would say just try to learn as much as you can. Um, I'm definitely guilty of this too. It's, it's very tempting to hear about something hot or you know, yeah. don't want to miss out on the latest opportunity. But um, if this is actually a lasting technology, which I believe it is, and if you really want to get excited about it, definitely take the time to do your research, understand what you're doing, um, read a lot, join the right crypto communities, whether it's on Reddit or Twitter or Telegram, um, figure out which tools you like, figure out which people are saying interesting things and follow yeah. them and listen. Um, rather than just jumping in without you know, sort of fully being informed. Right. Now, that's, that's really important advice. And how do you, uh, as personally, you've obviously investing your life into this industry as, as RV, uh, but how do you think about crypto investing? Do you still do it? How do you choose your investments? Uh, my, my personal philosophy is uh, sort of has a couple facets to it. One is that um, I'm more of a uh, buy and hold type of person rather than an active day trader. Yeah. Um, so I tend to try to research, research things and think what could be really big 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now, as yeah. opposed to what's going to be really popular three months from now. Okay. Um, so that's my personal decision. If you're really into active trading, that may not apply, right. but that's one thing I do. The second thing is sort of in terms of risk allocation, I have a 70-20-10 philosophy. 70% of my investments are in things that are quite stable, low risk, sort of lower return. Like Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> even, even less risky, things outside of cryptocurrency. Oh, outside of crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that would be, this is my total right. portfolio allocation. Right. So 70% would be in things like stocks and bonds yeah. um, with services like Wealthfront or yeah. uh, you know, other types of brokerages. 20% uh, would be in slightly more risky things, maybe picking a stock or picking a company to invest in. Yeah. Um, and then 10% would be in more risky out there speculative investments and yeah. that would be like for me cryptocurrency yeah. um, and so that would be like researching different coins some of that will definitely be bitcoin ethereum bigger coins right. but it might also be some smaller cap coins that i think have potential to grow a lot right and when you uh when you research those smaller cap coins you mentioned reddit telegram white papers um, what else do you do to understand whether you should put your hard-earned money into those so some of the things that are important for me for me like sort of the 
the compelling differentiator of a blockchain versus a centralized database or a centralized ledger is decentralization. So what's really important for me is how many people actually have wallets on, on this coin. Right. How distributed is the, you know, is the coin base? Like how, how many people are actually transacting on this? How many miners are there? How centralized is the system? And if something is super, super centralized, that sort of decreases my confidence in the okay. value of that blockchain. Okay. So that's something that is really important to me. There's a bunch of resources online where you can kind of check at least high-level stats on these things. Okay. And then the other thing that really is important to me is how much product has actually been built. Yeah. Um, there's you know, tons of projects you can find where there's a white paper and a, a really great idea. Yeah. But has anyone actually built something? Are right. people actually using this? Is right. there an actual use case today live? Um, so that's really important for me as well. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome advice. Um, one other question I had was, um, you know, you at Cointracker interact and integrate with so many different exchanges, right? More exchanges than anyone else. Um, do you see any traits of good exchanges versus bad exchanges because a user has access to so many? How do you, what have you seen across the different exchanges? Definitely, there's a huge variety. Um, and some things are obvious that people take into account. You know, how good is the user experience? What are the coin pairs that are available? Is there a fiat gateway? Can you convert between USD or Euro or Rupee or whatever currency you want in, in cryptocurrency? All super important things. Um, but then there are also a lot of things that a lot of folks don't consider at trade time that then come back to sort of haunt them later. Okay. So an example of that is what kind of reporting is there for your transaction history? Can you go back and download a CSV of all your transactions, all your withdrawals and deposits? Is there an API that allows you to programmatically download those yeah. things? Um, and if you don't have those things, then later on when you're trying to do accounting or taxes or bookkeeping, it can be really tough with some exchanges where the reporting is either not good or completely non-existent. Right. So that is something that's super important. I encourage people to look into that when they're deciding which exchange to go to. Okay, that's really helpful. And then what about fees? You must see like a wide variety of what exchanges charge as well. Definitely. There's at least an order of magnitude range um, between one exchange to the next. And there's lots of ways of mitigating fees or making them go away completely depending on what kind of fee. Um, so an example of that is Coinbase charges uh, the mining or transaction fees yeah. when you withdraw something from Coinbase to a third-party wallet. Yeah. Uh, that, those fees aren't going to Coinbase. They're going to the miners in the network who are helping you withdraw those funds. Yeah. However, if you just use Coinbase Pro, or yeah. what was formerly GDAX, then they uh, don't charge you those fees. Oh, wow. Same exact wallet, same exact account, same exact password. Um, so there are things like that that you can do to mitigate the fees. Yeah, and uh, one of the services which in traditional finance I used to love uh, was Mint. And I consider in, in my personal use case, like uh, the Mint of the future, CoinTracker to be the Mint of the future. And Mint uh, also recommended products and exchanges to its users based on their history. Do you see you guys doing that? Yeah, for sure. We definitely think about Mint a lot. There are certain things about Mint that, um, that are really awesome and that we look forward to sort of adding down the line. Right now, as we mentioned, we've worked on tracking, which is yeah. similar to Mint, and we've started doing tax stuff. But there are things like fees that we can help users with, and we plan to down the line. Okay. So an example of that would be, uh, let's say I'm a user. I know I want to trade uh, one Bitcoin for 10 Ether but I don't know which platform to do it. I don't know what the tax implications of that are. I don't know where the best fees are. I don't know what the best liquidity is. 
we can kind of create an interface that combines all of that into a simple UI, simple recommendation, yeah. here's what you should do, and kind of facilitate that for users. So those are kinds of things we're thinking about. That's awesome. Um, and are there any uh, big announcements uh, next six months, next year, uh, coming out of Cointracker that you'd like to tell our viewers about? <laughs> You'll see soon. Um, some of the things that we're working on, though, right now is we've been very focused on the US to begin with, because that's where we're based, that's what we're familiar yeah. with. Um, but this is a global phenomenon, for sure. So we'd like to expand our tax services, especially, to many other countries. So we recently launched in Canada. Awesome. We've added support for Euro. Um, and we're going to bring that to a lot more countries um, over the next coming months. Um, and then we're also going to start expanding into other product areas, like things like transactions and fees and things yeah. like that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Chandan. It was very informative. We learned a lot. And I would recommend everyone to sign up for Coin Tracker. It's really an awesome product. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.